Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And here we go. Welcome back to the Believe in the Garden State podcast. Super excited to be here with you guys, people we know, people we don't know, people we'd like to get to know. As always, all are welcome here at the Believe in the Garden State podcast. And we got a great episode for you guys today. I mean, it's kind of in the name. Believe in the Garden State podcast, New Jersey, uh, all things New Jersey. Uh, where else would you rather be? And what else would you rather be talking about? I, I can't think of anything else. So glad you guys are here. You know, unless I- I'm talking to myself and, and uh, that- that's very possible. So um, either way, I'm super excited to be here. Super excited to be talking all things New Jersey. And we got a great guest for you today. So we have Pat McCarthy, one of the up-and-coming broadcast superstars. This guy is an absolute stud. He has done games with the Philadelphia Phillies, the Princeton Tigers, uh, St. Joe's University Basketball, and a bunch of other Philadelphia area sports. Um, This guy is a superstar. Remember the name because you're going to see him very soon doing really big-time things on a consistent basis. Um, had a chance to meet him uh, when we did the Princeton-Lehigh game on the radio together um, in the middle of September or towards the end of September. And uh, just an awesome guy who who has really helped me out and given me great advice. So super appreciative um, of that. And um, this guy's awesome. So so I hope you enjoy it. We, uh, we preview the Princeton-Harvard game that took place on Friday night up in uh, Cambridge. Uh, battle for first place in the Ivy League. So... This man is an up-and-coming superstar in the broadcast media world, one of the great voices of the Princeton Tigers, the Philadelphia Phillies, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who's set to get married this weekend, Pat McCarthy. coming on the show super excited to talk to you yeah thanks Alex. i appreciate it uh yeah looking forward to it looking forward to chatting and uh yeah big week ahead <laughs> a lot of things right now but uh, you know happy to take a break from uh everything and get a chance to talk a little uh football baseball whatever we got absolutely man how's uh how's everything been going with the playoffs things are great right you know the Phils, you know they knock off the cards and then you know defeat the reigning world champs and Head on out to San Diego in game one, take care of business. Zach Wheeler was fantastic. You get a just an absolute mammoth home run from Kyle Schwarber, and Bryce Harper continues to play the way that he's had. So the Phils are in good shape. Three wins away from the playoff, uh, from the World Series. So things are fun in Philadelphia, that's for sure. Absolutely. Now, um, this week, Princeton-Harvard, battle for first place in the Ivy League. You've done 
Princeton Harvard games for a long time. Um, you know, how, how has this Princeton team compared to other Princeton teams you've seen over the years? Yeah, this Princeton team is interesting because I feel like since I've started back in 2018, things kind of go the same way. They, they run the table against non-conference teams and they have a lot of success. And that's where, you know, Bob Serace, the head coach of the Tiger, kind of, Tigers, kind of feels things out and he finds guys that he has. And he's used this time to, to find a stud running back and Ryan Butler, who has come out of Bergen Catholic and just uh, taken the world on fire. Uh, freshmen don't always get a ton of opportunities to play for Princeton just because there's such a difficult transition. You know, he's come in and, and he's become the number one running back for this team. And it's a group of running backs that already had a lot of success in Jadaris Carr and John Volker heading into this uh, into this season. So the, you know, the fact that Ryan Butler has come in and, and just taken over that running back room is what I think makes this team different is because you have a three-headed monster now in the backfield. And you compare that with Blake Stenstrom, who is, you know, in his first year as the starting quarterback, the number one difference is the fact that Princeton's going with a one quarterback system. We have not seen that recently. You know, when they had Chad Kanoff and they had John Lovett, they kind of mixed things in and out. You know, last year they had Cole Smith. They would mix, mix Stenstrom in. Blake has kind of taken over this offense as the number one quarter, uh, quarterback. And it helps when you have Dylan Classy, Andre Yosivash, and Carson Bobo as three really good skill position players on the outside. So this is going to be a really good test for Princeton taking on Harvard this week. It, the games are always incredible. I mean, last year's Princeton-Harvard game was one for the ages. Both teams were, you know, a top 15 program at the time, and it went five overtimes before the Tigers finally won that one by two points. So I'm excited for it. It's up in Cambridge. It's a nationally televised game, and uh, it's a good test for the Tigers that, again, undefeated right now and, and a Harvard team that has won a lot of games recently and has just one loss against a really good Holy Cross team that's a top 25, top 10 team in the FCS. Absolutely. And when you look at both these programs, I mean, what, what do you see like the like you, what how what similarities do you see between them? Because because they've combined for almost every single Ivy League championship the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, the number one thing, two really good head coaches, obviously, Bob Serace has, you know, taken things over from this Tiger for this Tigers program since he took over and had those two uh, two win seasons. So it, those are the number that's the number one thing is that these two teams are really well coached. They're really disciplined teams. And we see that a lot in Ivy league football as a whole is teams don't really get penalized very much just because that is one of the things that, that they hone in on, that they really focus on And, and Tim Murphy is arguably one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. And, you know, he's been doing this for a really long time. So that's where it really starts off is these two coaches have these teams revved up and ready to go. And the other thing is these teams score. So how are these defenses going to match up and how are these defenses going to stop these offenses? Uh, and, you know, both teams are putting up, you know, around 35 points per game. I mean, it, it, it's pretty remarkable how good both these offenses are. And both teams are going to run the football a lot. They have really good running backs. Aiden Bourget from Delphi, uh, you know, a South Jersey kid that I think a lot of people thought could potentially go to Princeton has gone to Harvard and, and he's just taken the world on fire. So you pair Bourget, you pair Butler, there's really good running back play. So these teams, these guys match up, but the upper echelon of the Ivy League always matches up. There's never easy games when you play 
I mean, any of the Ivy League teams, but in particular with Princeton, Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth, Penn, you know, all these teams, uh, you know, Columbia, Brown, it doesn't matter that they're, uh, these guys always match up well, and this is going to be a really fun game, and it was a good choice by ESPN to pick this one up for sure. It's going to be a, it's going to be a cool environment in Cambridge. Um, I'm actually going to be on the call as an analyst again, so I'm super excited. Nice. Um, part, part of my prep was uh, I had to talk to one of the experts of Princeton football, so glad you could uh, come help me prepare with the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, when you talk about Aiden Borgay, um, you know, super awesome running back, arguably the best player in the Ivy League. Um, what separates him and, and how can Princeton stop him and, and slow him down? Well, I, I think it's going to start really with the interior and, you know, guys like Uche and Duque in, in, in the, you know, the front four and, you know, Jester, you know, Matthew Jester and, uh, you know, Cole Aubrey on the outside are, are really going to, you know, have to kind of contain things and allow guys like Liam Johnson, you know, the linebacker position to kind of come in and clean things up. But, you know, he's such an interesting running back, right? Because he's 5'10", he's 210 pounds. He's got a lot of, you know, physicality to him, but at the same time, he's quick, he's shifty. And uh, he's always played well against Princeton. And and that's the thing is that when you're going up against, you know, a, a team that you're familiar with, obviously, and, you know, Borgay's very familiar with this system and he's very familiar with, you know, this Princeton program as a whole. So, he didn't play a ton, you know, against the Tigers last year. And, and I just think it, you know, he was limited to just 24 yards last year. They did a really good job on just 10 carries to contain Borgay. And, and that's the number one thing that they're going to have to do again is, you know, make, force Harvard to throw the football and, and keep the ball out of such a dynamic back uh, hand. Absolutely. I also think the secondary is going to be tested. I think these, I, I like these receivers for Harvard. I like Wimberly. I like the quarterback Dean. I think this is his second year as a starter. So I think he's starting to really like find his rhythm and he's played well this year. And, um, you know, do you, now Princeton hasn't really, is it fair to say they haven't been tested as much as Harvard because Harvard, you know, opening game against Merrimack overtime, um, they lose to a Holy Cross team tight. Um, is it fair to say that they're a little more battle-tested than Princeton? Yeah, I think to an extent, for sure, just because, you know, the fact that they had to play, you know, a top 15 opponent and, and Holy Cross, and they had to go to overtime against Merrimack, like you said, and, you know, they had to go to Cornell, which is a really tough thing to do because it's a big travel game. Uh, you know, it's a little bit different in October compared to in November when you go up to Ithaca, but, yeah, I mean, Harvard's had to play a lot of really tough games. And, you know, they're coming off back-to-back -back wins against Cornell and Harvard uh, Howard, in which they put up 35 and 41 points apiece in that game. And, you know, they hung with Holy Cross. That was a two-score game. It was a nine-point loss. And I, I think Harvard as a whole has played a little bit of a tougher schedule. And But now you're taking on another top 25 team in Princeton because the Tigers are back in the top 25. And it always takes a little bit of time for Ivy League teams to get into the top 25 just because the season starts two weeks later. And, you know, this is such a balanced offense for Princeton. And although Harvard as a whole has played a tough schedule, they have not seen Andre Yosivash and they have not seen a wide receiver like him. Uh, because, you know, as Borgay is probably the best running back, you know, in the Ivy League, Yosivash is, you know, far and wide the best wide receiver in the Ivy. And, uh, you know, when you get him in space, it's just not even close. And you pair that with Dylan Classy, who had a huge game last week for the Tigers. So you know, I think that 
there's weapons on the outside for Princeton that just set up this entire offense. And, you know, hopefully, you know, Stenstrom's able to get some work in and, and, you know, pick this Harvard defense apart. I'm not, I, my knowledge of FCS football isn't as big as FBS, but we, um, we were saying that Princeton's defense can be tested against Harvard. We could say that the other way around. And honestly, the, this Princeton receiving core could be, one of the deepest receiving cores in the FCS. I'd be surprised if you could find me a better one. Yeah, it, it, it's such an interesting team, right? Because, you know, these guys have been together for so long. And and you've got Classy, who's more of your, like your traditional slot style receiver. And, and then you've got Yosivash, who's your speed burner. So you've got two weapons on the outside. And it's similar to the receiving core that we saw when the team went undefeated and, and was a top five program. Uh, you know, you know, a few years ago when they had Love at a quarterback and they had Stephen Carlson and Jesper Horsteads on the outside, two guys that were built like tight ends, they're playing tight end in the NFL. So it's a little bit different. Classy and Yossi Bosch are two guys that when they get into open space, nobody's going to catch them. So I, 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 it's one of the reasons why I, I wish that eventually the Ivy League will allow their champions to go to the FCS playoffs because I want to see how these guys match up against the rest of the FCS because we don't really get a chance to see how they, they match up against like the Villanovas and the North Dakota States and these top FCS programs. And, you know, Princeton plays Monmouth, which is always a, a very good team, but maybe you get to see them against the Delaware, a team like that, where, you know, these are potentially power five guys that have decided not to go power five or to go to an FBS school and they've gone to an FCS school. So I, I, I just think that these guys are built differently. I just think that there are different type of receivers that I really don't know what teams would be able to defend them. I mean, that's how good these guys are. You know, you think about the fact that they've played probably two less games than most of the FCS, and they're averaging 270 yards of passing offense, uh, you know, between Yossi Bosch, Classy, and Bobo. So it, it, in my opinion, yeah, it's probably the best duo in the FCS, not really having a great understanding of what's out there outside of that, but I don't see how there's anybody that can play with them. Yeah, I would agree. And I think what also you mentioned, um, you know, the other big NFL guys, I think Carson Bobo really makes this offense super versatile just with his ability to be an excellent blocker and pass catcher. I mean, they, they can do so many different things with formations and different looks like they can they can show run in a, in a heavy run look and then split him out wide and get him matched up on a, a linebacker or safety. Uh, it's really they really have a lot at their disposal with him. And, and I like the other tight ends they play, too. I mean, I think they really uh, they really maximize his ability. I think he's going to have a bright NFL future. I think he's going to I think he's going to play a few years. Bobo. Yeah. yeah. Bobo's a really interesting guy, right? Because. He only has nine catches this year, but you just feel like he's always a threat in the middle because of his athletic ability. It's like you said, he's that style of tight end, kind of like how like a Dallas Goddard is for the Eagles, that you can line him up on the outside of the line, but then you can also split him out wide. You can get him into space. He's gonna he's really fast. He's really athletic. You know, he's 6'5, 250. I mean, that's just he's just a huge guy, but he's cut. You know, he's not this, you know, big bruising style tight end, but he's a terrific blocker. Uh so yeah. That's what makes Bobo such an interesting guy. And, and I'm with you. I, I think that if you look outside of just the numbers that are on paper, when you see Bobo, it, he's a guy that could definitely play at the next level. And, you know, coming out of Alabama at a high school, he was a guy that had power five offers as a preferred walk on at different schools like that. But he decided to go to Princeton and play every single day. And, 
and, and this and this coaching staff has just done a phenomenal job with him. Yeah, he's he's one of a few guys who had uh, on this Princeton roster who has Power Five offers. They have a couple guys like that every year, uh, I would say. And uh, what was it? He's just personnel. Like if you go nickel against Princeton, like you better be ready to <laughs> to have Carson Bobo like matched up on your nickel corner and and be a big time mismatch. Um, so it's like we said, like you said, um, he just creates so many problems for for defenses. Pat, appreciate you coming on. Uh, before I let you go, man, um, listen, man, um, how excited are you for this weekend, man? Yeah, uh, I'm pumped. You know, my, uh, you know, my personally, uh, from a personal standpoint, I'll start with there because there's a lot going on this weekend. Uh, you know, from a personal standpoint, obviously, I'm excited. You know, my fiance and I have been together for seven years, and Emily's done so much to get us prepared for this weekend. It's, you know, we've been engaged since. December 27th of 2020. So it's been a long time coming for us. And, you know, she's worked tirelessly to get this weekend set. So uh, from a personal standpoint, I'm so excited. You know, it's the day that you you always think about, you know, growing up your, your wedding day and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it's a special day. I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it. Um, you know, just have family and friends all around and stuff like that. It's going to be it's going to be a really special day. Weather looks great, which I'm pumped about. It looks like it's going to be like 70 in PA. So that's always a good sign. You can you know, hang out, play some cornhole and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this weekend from a personal standpoint. And then from a, you know, from a sports standpoint, obviously, it's a great time to be a Philly sports fan. Uh, you know, the Phils will be home, you know, that weekend for the NLCS. The Eagles are going to be on a bye, but, you know, they're 6-0 and and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I've kind of put sports on the back burner right now, which is, you know, for somebody who sports has literally been their life since they were, you know, three or four years old, it's um, it's never been easier in a time when it's, uh, you know, there's a lot going on just because of how important this weekend is for me and for my family and and uh, for Emily as well. So, yeah, it's it, it's really cool. I'm really excited for it. And uh, I, I never would have thought that I would tell you anybody that, you know, the NLCS or anything like that was kind of an afterthought for me. But right now it is just because that's what I'm looking forward to. And uh you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, celebrating and, and you know, getting getting my life going in this new chapter in life. I, I never thought that I'd really be ready for it, honestly, at this point. But, hey, you know, you turn 27 and all of a sudden you think, OK, now it's time to actually start my life and get things going. So, yeah, I'm stoked. Thank you. Yeah, man, dude, congratulations. Super happy for you. Can't thank you enough for the awesome things, the awesome advice you've given me in, uh, in my journey as I've gotten started in this as well it, with uh, sports media and broadcasting, things like that. So really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, can't thank you enough. Best of luck this weekend. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. And uh, hey, go Tigers. Swing a fly ball out to left field. Call going back to the wall. It's gone. And opposite fields, two-run game tying home. Harper throws against Yossi Basho over the middle. He's in space. He's off the movement. The right-hander. Ready from the belt. Base is full. Brockett picks up to pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him. the football. He's looking deep. He has Posse to midfield. And he's tackled on the 49-yard line. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.